You're listening to I Hate the Fins. This is episode 46, I think. Uh, my name is Keith. I'm joined by my co-host, Zach. Uh, NFL free agency started today. NFL obviously still wields a lot of power because coronavirus stuff, which we're currently in a quarantine for, uh, pretty much disappeared from Twitter for about two hours while free agency started to roll uh, late this morning. Uh, Dolphins active as we expected in some areas that we didn't necessarily expect, namely what just went down about, what, 10 minutes ago, if that? Oh, uh, man, it might have been even less than that. Yeah, it was fast. So Byron Jones, the the big cornerback name in this free agency is going to be Miami Dolphin, which explains, uh, I guess, some of the stuff that was going on earlier today. Xavier Howard took down all the Dolphin stuff from his uh, social media, which is never a good sign. Uh, he was the highest paid corner. So Byron Jones is now. So you have to figure we're not keeping both those guys. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but a lot of people thought that Byron Jones was going to be one of the biggest fish in free agency. He goes to Miami. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. Um, like you said, I, I don't know if they keep both. Um, but... I mean, if they did, that'd be a wild secondary to start with, and I would, I would think they're going to add a, a safety in the draft. But, um, but yeah, so a few, few deals for the Dolphins today. Um, the other thing I think we should hit real quick news wise is that uh, NFL officially sent out a memo this morning too, saying that the draft is on. It's going to stay pl- in place um, for the date wise. Um, the process will yeah. definitely be a lot different, but. Um, it's still happening the same weekend in April, which is nice to see. Which is fine. I mean, that's how it used to be, more or less, when like you always see the old shots of Pete Rozelle yeah. and everything. I mean, like he's in a room filled with people who are like manning the phones and whatnot, but it's not in front of a bunch of drooling New York fans or anything like that, you know? So it would have been nice to see it in Vegas. It would have been cool. The, the environment, it helped the NFL kick off its, its stay in Vegas, which would have been very cool. They've got that Death Star of a stadium that they've got built out there, but I mean, it just made I'm, I like it for both selfish and unselfish reasons. I like the fact they're not going to have people there. I like the fact that they're being smart mm-hmm. about it. I love the fact they're not pushing it to late May, like they were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I saw that original tweet thrown out there about it could get moved to late May, and I, I cried a little. Oh, that Remember the time Remember yeah, the time that they got was it when they were getting pushed around by um, Radio City Music Hall and they got pushed after Easter and it was like a late Easter that year, so the draft wasn't till like May eighth or something like that. Yeah, I thought it was like May fourteenth ish. Oh or something. yeah, it was late. It was bad. Yeah, that was that was awful. And then we took Jawan James. I think it was twenty fourteen when that yeah. happened. Um, what do you think? You like the Byron Jones? deal though and i mean let me preface that question with saying um i'm not saying they won't keep these guys because you and i have talked about the fact that the dolphins don't really have to pay anyone right now because they don't have a quarterback on the roster who's gonna command huge money within the next four years they don't have an edge for the same reason even though they will talk about the move they made there in terms of getting a pass rusher today and they don't have a big time tackle that they're they're paying out money. So the other most expensive position in the sport is corner, mm-hmm. which which they just blew up the bank on. So I mean there is that, but 
I mean, they've got Monopoly money to play with right now. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to pay someone. Yeah, and I mean, Byron Jones, I think, too, is is a a good replacement piece for a guy that can do stuff that they wanted to do with Minka, right? I think he's got more experience playing the boundary. So if you want to set him out on the boundary, if there's a team that has two really good outside receivers, you can have two outside corners. Again, if they keep X, we have no clue what the the situation is there. Um, But if it's a team that has a, a good slot slash tight end kind of combo, then you can play him out of free safety. You can play him out of the nickel. Um, I think he brings good versatility for the dollars that he's getting. And I think, I think people that may be opposed to it are looking at the pure dollars to like turnover ratio. Again, there's those key stats for certain positions that folks look into. Um, but Byron Jones is much more than a statistical wonder that you're bringing in. Um, you know, he, he has a lot of pass breakups. He's a good tackler. He'll, he'll fill in the run game there. Um, so I think it's a good signing. Um, you know, I think the initial big signing that Dolphins fans were looking for was uh, Joe Thune. Uh, mm-hmm. But once the uh, Pats went and tagged him, um, that was all but over. Too. Yeah, that, that pissed me off, quite honestly. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, I mean, today's NFL, the reality is, unless you're paying your quarterback second contract money, which the Dolphins aren't going to be doing that for a very long time, their star quarterback, that is, a franchise guy, it, it unless maybe you're paying a, a pass rusher who could command like a big time price tag, it's just not a big deal if you're paying paying out these contracts. It becomes a problem when you're supposed they draft Tua, and Tua is in year three, and you're starting to th- you're starting to talk extension at that point. You're seeing this with like Patrick Mahomes right now. Um, that that second contract is going to be mammoth. And now all of a sudden these contracts you have out, like paying Byron Jones um, elite caliber money at a position that is costly. It's in the top four. I think it's, I don't know where corner falls right there because I, edge is, is edge number two. Offensive tackle for the longest time was in like that two to three range. And now it's, I think edge is number two. Is corner. Think, yeah, is corner's probably four know. or five at that point. I think it probably falls quarterback. Um, yeah. Edge rusher, offensive tackle, and then probably corner at that point. Um, yeah, I can't yeah, think there's anybody I else. Think. And their you know receivers aren't pushing that yet. So, um, but no, I mean, and I think you're you're hitting it right on the head there too, where the team philosophy seems to be shaking out, where they're gonna bring in young guys at those top two positions that you have to pay quarterback and edge player. Mm-hmm. That they're going to have to pay down the road, come Absolutely. you know, four or five years from now. But while they have the dollars now, what they're going to invest in is those fourth and fifth and third positions of you know um, offensive linemen. They're going to invest in cornerbacks and back uh, defensive backs here. Um, and then you know, I think I think the one place that they may surprise people with a signing this weekend or this week is um, I think they're going to go after one of the nose tackle guys. Um, cause it's a, a good little crew of yeah. nose tackles. Um, but I mean, we'll, we'll see where we go from there. Pretty much the example I would use for when you're, when you're loading up your team and you're not paying the quarterback would, it's what the Chicago bears tried to do. Yeah. And it pretty much blew up, blew up in their face because they forgot to coach Mitchell Trubisky. 
Well, I mean, I don't, I, mean, I don't know if it was a coaching thing. Mitchell Trubisky wasn't really good in the first place. So. No, he's not that good. But I mean, like, who's been his quarterback coach there? Dow Logan's. Yeah. I mean, like, even even if he's any good, you'll never know while he's playing there. Yeah. I mean, they finally brought in D. Filippo, so I like the fact that now you'll know. It's important to at least know what you have before you throw it away. Yep. And like they bring in D. Filippos, who's proven that he can work with quarterbacks. So now we'll see. But I agree with you that I was never really hot to trot on Money Mitch. I um, loved using him in North Carolina. They were always my uh, dynasty team in the last college football because he was a freshman and he had like just enough athleticism and throwability. I used them all the time. Outside of that, he yeah. was terrible. Yeah. I mean, like, mobility which Chicago is scared of him getting hurt so they kind of shied away from that um I don't think Matt Nagy's a very good coach if we're being honest um I think he's I think he's a guy who should be a coordinator I don't think he can handle the whole enchilada but I mean that 2017 class there's a lot of revisionist history in there nobody was all about Patrick Mahomes going into that draft outside of a few people he was thought of as a third round prospect on a lot of boards yeah oh yeah I mean like I mean Total props to Kansas City for having the, the vision, the foresight to trade up because they what trade up to ten. For oh that yeah, team? they went up there. Yeah, they were what twenty twenty seven. Son, they, I think they moved up from like twenty seven to ten to get him, and then um, I think Deshaun Watson goes immediately after. So, I think that's what happened. I forget. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, those those guys are gems. Mitchell Trubisky is not. And the Bears traded up for him. That looks ugly, but we don't have to talk about that. The point is, is that's what they were trying to do. That's why they brought in Khalil Mack and paid him $11 billion, um, really trying to reinforce the rest of that team, bringing in some good receivers and whatnot. They could afford that because they're not paying Mitchell Drabisky anything. Mm-hmm. In terms of what you view it as a franchise quarterback, when you have him on a rookie contract, that's like very, very small pennies on a large dollar. Yeah. Okay. So. So that's the that's the goal. The Dolphins know that they're a long way away from paying a quarterback big time money. That was the appeal with Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. That like if he did work out, you were still getting at least three years of him, minus the uh, minus the fifth year option. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I so, think the thing to look at here too is that now that the CBA is done and there's not concern over the 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 league financials and growth over the next decade. Um, I think you're going to see another yeah. bigger bump in salary cap over the next couple years. So I think you'll be able to wiggle mm-hmm. guys in there when you need to sign them three or four years down the road. For sure. It's already in what? It's what? 192 mil? right now. Uh, no, it's, it's 198. It's just shy of two. Right. Yeah. 198.2, I think is what it is. Like something yeah, like yeah. That. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, just buku bucks at that point. Um, Yeah. So that I think that's the goal. So I don't have any problem with paying Byron Jones stupid money like that. You mentioned the Minkin comparison. Um, just like a supercharged version of that dude in terms of he's bigger than Minka, longer than Minka, definitely more explosive than Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, that was the big sell for Byron Jones coming out of UConn. I mean, he was drafted in 2015, I think. If if you forgot how explosive he is or just haven't watched a lot of him, just go back and watch his combine broad jump. It's one of the most disgusting things I've ever watched. Yeah, it's like the gravity cheat in Grand Theft Auto 5. Yeah, it, with, it's with when, you, when you jump a full Grand Theft Auto block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I thought about at the time. Uh, 
he is uh, just a stoop. What was his vertical was also was a 40, 44 and a half or something like that. 44 or something like that. So just, just absolute walking on air at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, like, obviously that's not necessarily something that translates to, oh, well, he's going to, you know, he's the guy where you throw him in there and now you're, you're better off. But I love his athleticism and he plays at a position where that kind of explosiveness pays dividends. Yeah. So sure. good length. I forget what his arm length was. I think it was like 32 or something. Whereas yeah. I think Mickey Fitzpatrick has like my arm length. So, I mean, not huge. People are trying to compare Byron Jones to um, the Jalen Ramsey mold. Jalen Ramsey was drafted the next year, but I think Jalen Ramsey's arm length is something just absolutely perverse, like 33 and three eighths. I don't know why that number is burned into my mind, but I remember seeing that at the time and I was like, holy shit, he's got like off- offensive tackle length arms at the corner position. And I think Jalen Ramsey also jumped in the 40s in terms of uh, vertical and r- ran a low 4-4, just stupid athleticism from some of these dudes. So, I mean, Byron Jones... I mean, X is X is a very crafty. He's I I don't mean to undermine him. He's he's athletic enough. He didn't test well, but like you look at him, he can run with any receiver. It looks like he doesn't seem to struggle. And then he had those clutch interceptions on that Monday night game against New England where he totally baited Tom Brady and then turned on the burners um, late and um, picked him. So, I mean, like he's definitely a very athletic guy, but I mean, like this is, this is next level shit. X, We're talking X about Byron, Byron Jones. Jones are two ends of the long, tall cornerback spectrum. Essentially, Xavier Howard is like big. He's strong. He can run as well as he needs to. But the thing is, is he's a technician at the line of scrimmage. So he knows how to beat you with his hand and his feet. When for smaller guys, he can outpower them. So he wins at the beginning of the route. And that's how he does so well. And then Byron's the opposite, where he can he can do those things at the line of scrimmage, but even even if he doesn't win, he's got that athleticism to win on the end of the route. You know, after the break point, after that receiver makes their decision, that's when Byron can just beat him with athleticism. Um, do you want the final numbers yeah. on the contract? Uh, yes, please. They are five years, eighty-two point five million, fifty-seven guaranteed. Um and forty in the first two years, so you know what that means. They're doing exactly what we just talked about. Yeah, they're front loading it based on the fact that they expect that right around that time it's going to be time to pay up for your quarterback. Yep. Yeah. So th- I mean, that's not we're we're not prognosticating stuff because we're super intelligent here. Although I w- I do think you're super intelligent. It's the fact that that's this nice. is just the, this is the way the NFL is played right now. I mean, like it's it's all about moving around and allocating your available resources. And this is the game teams play now. This is what, I mean, Kansas City just did it too. Yep. They're able to pay, pay some of these dudes like stupid money just because, I mean, they're not paying. Patrick Mahomes is still on a rookie deal. That's going to be over quickly because, I mean, that guy is is worth everything he's going to get in contract number two. But so that I guess that's the other side of it. Isn't kind of funny in 2017, you have Kansas City who pulled it off and Chicago who tried to. And it, it they look like Wiley Coyote right now with it just yeah. absolutely blowing up in their face. So yeah, if you're if you're paying all that up, you said in the first two years, right? Yep, first two years are forty in the first two years. Yeah, they're not paying they're not paying anyone in that time because I mean we've talked about this like you don't have any edge who's commanding elite edge money. 
Nope. I mean, offensive tackle, I mean, we're pretty sure that they're going to be drafting one. And again, like it, the way they're going right now, that's a great way to go. If you, I am all about drafting the offensive line if you can. Mm-hmm. And I, we, can, you, we can use this as a brief segue. I really hate the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and like, I mean, like, obviously, I love Jack Conklin, so it sucked to see him go there. But how many times are these guys going to blow up the positional market? Because they did it, what, three years ago with those Zeitler and J.C. Treader contracts? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It just, I mean, they just pretty much nuke the offensive lineman market because, I mean, that was a, a guard and center, respectively. But Conklin, Conklin gets paid. To, I mean, good for him. I mean, I'm all, I'm all about the player getting paid. But they also... They te- technically blew up the tight end market, right? Because they brought they landed Austin Hooper. That was the first signing today. That's that's so annoying. That was so unbelievably annoying, to be honest. What is it? Forty four. <sighs> too much. Like he's he's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, um, but so yeah. No, I mean that was really annoying. But Conklin, at least Conklin will get the use that we wanted to see out of him there. Um, you know, he'll play left tackle for them. He'll get that shot. Um, and coming out of Michigan State, he had the functional athleticism and feet to make that happen uh, from a technical standpoint. So I think he'll he'll be a good player for them. Um, I think for Baker to succeed, that's a good investment. Um, but yeah, them just the way they just throw money around drives me nuts because it screws everything up for everyone else. I hate them. I hate that team so much. I loved watching them absolutely uh, shrink last year. Um, I don't have a problem with Baker Mayfield. I know a lot of people hate him, um, but we're not in, in his division. I don't really, I don't have to look at him if I don't want to. So it's a different, different thing, but yeah. So, okay. So we haven't talked about the other big sign today. If you're talking about Miami, that's uh, Shaq Lawson. Oh, I was going to say, is it Shaq Lawson or is it Eric Flowers? Uh, well, let's we'll go ahead and keep it. Let's, let's start with Shaq we'll Lawson. Let's start with Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson, because I think you're more excited about Shaq Lawson, so I'm trying to lead in, and then we'll talk about Eric Flowers. The, actually, I think Byron Jones probably will. The people who are upset about Eric Flowers, I think, feel a little bit better right now. But Yeah, th- that'll be offset for so sure. So, Shaq Lawson, um, how did you feel about him in the 2016 draft? I know we talked about this. He was... He was because the Dolphins, when they traded down to 13, a lot of people thought that Shaq Lawson was their guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in that in that draft, um, I like thick boy ends. Thick boy ends are my favorite and he's like um, a kind of guys. Guy. I love. Yeah, I love Derek Barnett, um, who the Eagles just haven't really used. Oh. Um, I love Solomon Thomas, which he just hasn't really done anything. And he's gotten pushed out at this point. Um, but Shaq Lawson falls into that same department. The problem is with edge rushers like him is that people, people can't understand anything when it comes to edge rushers outside of sack numbers. Um, and so like, he's, he's a very tweener linebacker edge kind of guy. He's got the size to do both. And I think the perfect comparison for him, um, when he was coming out, even though it was kind of out of position and to what the Dolphins are going to want him to do is Donta Hightower. Um, He's going to be that guy who plays on the edge um, at two-point stance. He he became a really good edge setter in Buffalo this year. Um, 
But, you know, looking back at, at Dante Hightower, his numbers have never been crazy for the Patriots, but people have always really respected his game. You know, he's a guy that has 60 to 90 tackles a year combined. Um, you know, usually eight tackles for a loss and like five or six sacks. But like those plays that he needed to make impactfully for that team, he made them. Um, so that's that's the thing. So when you're looking at Shaq Lawson, they're not bringing him in to be their primary pass rusher guy. They're not expecting him to get double-digit sacks. You know, they're expecting him to come in, and this year he put up 13 tackles for a loss, 18 QB hits, which is huge, and had six and a half sacks. That's what they want him to do. They want him to be a guy that scrapes down the line of scrimmage and makes tackles for a loss, is a guy that can put pressure on the quarterback and sometimes get home. And that's what three years, $30 million gets you. That's, it is what it is. Yeah, you like that contract? Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. And it's going to be one of those things where it's a, a two-year deal where the first year this year is going to have a bunch of money up front, second year is going to have you know less money, and the third year is going to have next to no money with a club option. Like That's just what it's going to be. Um, you know, and so it's, it's a good edge pick when you expect the Dolphins to fill their long-term edge needs through this year's or next year's draft. Dante Hightower, a lot of people tend to forget that he absolutely changes that Super Bowl around against Atlanta because they're, yep. they're, still, they're still trailing big. Tevin Coleman gets hurt. They leave Devontae Freeman in on third down to pass protect and Dante Hightower bulldozes him and then strip sacks Matt Ryan. And that mm-hmm. that game was different after that. I mean, yep. Atlanta, Atlanta just absolutely folded. So, and, and that's and I think that's what they're going to preach to Shaq Lawson bringing him in is they're going to say, look, like we don't expect you to make every play. We just need you to make the plays when they present themselves. Make those plays. Don't try to make every play. You know, and that's that's the toughest thing because as competitive guys, you want to make every play. Like you want to be the best at what you do, but like. Being best situationally at what you do is almost better than just being flat out the best at everything generically, you know? Yeah. Jack Lawson's going to look good in a Dolphins uniform. I'm excited about that one. Um, so, all right, let's, you, you brought up the, more contro- the most controversial move of the day, I'd say, for the Dolphins was, I think, their first move of the day. And that's Eric Flowers, who was playing guard in Washington, bounced around after just not working out because he was what the ninth overall pick in uh yeah that was that was a panic pick yeah that was weird the giants the giants had some panic picks there because they took they panic picked eli apple the next year yes they did so funny how that works um although like i i will i don't mean to go on these tangents but i will say that eli apple has gotten his act together like in terms of like i like him more as a player way more than when he got started in new york and i was like oh man what are these guys doing and he was insulated at that point because he was playing behind Rod- rogers camardi and janoris jenkins so anyway yeah that all that's to say eric flowers uh what is his, his deal is about 10 a year right yeah it's it's another three for 30 um i think it'll be the same thing i think they'll get a, a nice chunk of it out of the way this year um i think that that's how most of the contracts that they dole out will be this year um, I think there's a chance that it's a three year after one year kind of club option kind of deal, uh, more short term with a, a big payday right, right up front. Um, but I mean, he's, he's better than 
undrafted rookie free agent Shaq Mason. He's got enough experience to be better than that. You know, there's just still times where he looks a little lost. And I think that's the biggest issue for him. He's an athletic guy. He can move well. You know, he's now a little more sheltered that he's not sitting on the edge. Um, But there's still times where he just looks like, big boy, do you even know where you are? What's going on? So I I see two major components to this deal. Number one, the Dolphins are betting on him being Washington Eric Flowers and not Giants Eric Flowers. Number two is when you make a deal like this, I think they believe that they can help ensure that they get Washington Eric Flowers and it's not a flash in the pan one year thing with him. Yeah, and going back to Shaq Lawson, I think it's going to be a similar deal to look like you need to do the basics well. Don't you're you're not here to save the world at this point. You know, keep keep our quarterback off his behind, and you know, in the run game, get your hands on guys, drive them, put your body in the way, do what you need to do, do the basics. Um, you know, and I think if you have two guys that are, I think they're both like twenty five or twenty six years old, young guys that still have a chance to be molded in the right way, that. You offer them good money. You say, hey, look, here's stability. Here's here's a place for you to grow. You just need to do what we're going to tell you. Um, and if they can do what they want them to do, great. Um, if not, it's not a long deal, long-term contract. It's not that much money in the grand scheme of things. You move on after a year or two. So no reason to get crazy over it. No reason to get upset. You know, you got Byron Jones, which is the nice signing for the day. Um, so... I think everyone day one can walk away pretty happy. And again, I mean, these are low risk moves in that you're not going to have some big payday coming up. I mean, you shoot your shot on it. If it doesn't work for you, for you, then whatever you just helped ensure that that, that player can live comfortably for the rest of his life. And it is what it is. So, I mean, decent gamble, um, based on the moves we're seeing though, man, you you start to think it's got to be a lock that they're do they trade up for an offensive tackle because it's going to be tough to stay stand pat at 18 and think like you're going to get one of the big four i i don't know if the question is do they trade up for an offensive tackle specifically but the more they keep building and and we haven't had a chance really to get into talking about 18 and 26 um i i think 18 is the more intriguing pick than five at this point. I think Mm -hmm. they're going to feel good about where Tua and Herbert land in regards to five. Um, So unless they get majorly jumped, like in that crazy mock that I did last time, um, which I don't foresee happening, I think they'll stand pat and take Herbert and or Tua. Um, I think Tua is the better overall player and probably is in their eyes from film. But with the injury stuff, it evens him out to the point where Herbert's tools and upside, um, but potential, you know, uh, vision going through progressions and being consistent. I think it levels those two guys out for them at five. So then I think at 18, I think there's a couple positions that come into play with a move up there um, because I think there's going to be a couple guys in the early teens that are going to be worth that bump. Um, You know, I think... Now that they have a Shaq Lawson, um, they could be looking to go after a Caleb on chase on kind of guy, um, you know, a guy with a little more flash and athletic ability. There's also the potential from 18 outside of an offensive tackle or an edge guy there that they give up 
18 and 26 and move like up up like we could be talking like they move back up to like 10 or 9 or something like that um so i mean you never know and i think there's going to be some pretty good guys at 10 and 9 too so um i think 18 has been the more intriguing pick it's just hard to overshadow a pick that's probably going to be for a franchise type of quarterback wild um i think that i i stand by my hunch that i think makai beckton's gonna be the first to go but for mm-hmm. me i think just knowing or looking at what chris greer has done and everything man tristan Wirfs seems like he he's a guy this team would love i don't know why i can't shake it maybe it's just because i'm so biased because i like him but well, I mean, now now that they have Byron Jones, I just want to make the stupidest Madden roster and somehow get one of the quarterbacks and Isaiah Simmons and just have the stupidest, most athletic defense possible. Yeah, you know, you never know, man. Um, and a lot of people keep going back to Jordan Love too, as like, as yeah. he, I mean, if anything, right now that guy is like the ultimate insurance piece for what the Dolphins are looking yeah. to accomplish. So, I mean, whatever. I, I wouldn't even think to prognosticate what they're going to do with that number five pick. Because I don't know. No. I got to be honest no, but- with you. I don't, I don't think two is going to be there. But not because somebody trades up for him. Like, if for, I just had this really weird feeling about the Washington Redskins. I don't yeah, know. I mean, well, I, I think the, the toughest thing is we're going to just have to wait till the day of. Um, yeah. Because at, at this point... The Tua injury stuff, we will never know enough about that stuff. Um, so I mean, that could teams could have him on their board. I mean, I have him on my my big board as the number three guy on my board, um, with Burrow two spots behind. But there's a big red plus sign for medical on mm-hmm. that. So like in in that situation, it's it's tough. Um, you know, and, and I think teams are gonna wanna see him. I don't think he should throw the ball this offseason. I think he should just say, hey, it is what it is. Um, you know, we're going to go into the draft. I wouldn't throw the football. Um, but I think teams are going to want to see it because, like, the hip is not only a thing about being able to maneuver and going down on it and it being a reoccurring issue. you got to think about when you drive that football, it, yeah. it comes from your lower end there. It doesn't come from your, your chest and arms and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's going to be tight on Tua. Um, he would still be my ideal pick for quarterback at five there, but you know, I, I, I find it iffy that the lions and, uh, Washington would pick him in their natural spots. Um, but you know, again, we're just never going to know how far that injury stuff goes until the day of. It's going to be crazy. Um, I'm ready to call this for tonight. I thought this is, is a there, good opener. Is there any other uh, free agents that you'd be interested in seeing them sign over the next couple of days? Mm, I don't know. I was getting Byron Jones. I, I'm a fan of that move. I don't have a mm-hmm. problem. Normally, normally spending that kind of money, I would think, what in the hell are you guys doing? But they they have all of, all of the cap space. They can do with all the, what in the hell they want. And seeing how they just spaced it out or they, how they're able to compact that the the big hit on that contract the first two years we know what they're doing so I mean I like it uh, is there anyone um, you're inter- you're interested in I don't really have a name right now. I would have said Jack Conklin but now now I get right, to watch hey. him play in that that Pooh Brown um, wh- what are your thoughts on the running back deal I know Melvin Gordon's the name that's circulating around um, 
but is it essentially Melvin Gordon or no one out of the free agents for you? Yeah, just because, I mean, I nine times out of ten, I would just want to draft that position anyway. Yeah, I, I, mean, I feel you on that. Where, and that's a tough position to go to rationalize spending a lot of money. Um, yeah. I love Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon was one of my favorite players in 2015. seems like we're, com- we're coming back to that draft class quite often. Uh, loved him. He, for a guy that big, right, like a low 4-5, which, I mean, now in light of Jonathan Taylor's 4-3-9 doesn't seem so crazy. Mm-hmm. But I think that... I think he's the kind of guy I would like to see in Miami's backfield. I, th- I like his skill set. But again, dude, I mean, like this is a strong running back class. You yeah. don't have to spend that kind of money if you don't want to it's based on do they think they're going to give away some of those selections that normally they would use a running back on or do you really think that melvin gordon gives you that immediate boost in value that i mean you you can you can ultimately use as you groom a guy or as you figure out the position i don't know yeah but i, I do yeah. like melvin gordon if they if they make that deal i'm very much cool with that again i mean they don't have a ton of like guys on the roster who are going to command big money right now. Yeah. I, I think the only other running back I'd have interest in coming off the injury is um, Jordan Howard. If you can get him real cheap for four or five a year and then still draft a rookie running back. Um, I think that could be a good duo pair, especially if it's a combination of like Jordan Howard and Deandre Swift. Um, you know, they're two different kind of builds, but um, to, to wrap this up a little bit quicker, um, I think, I again, I mentioned to you, I think the, the nose tackles are somewhere that they could dive into. Um, either like a, a DJ Reader, um, Javon Hargrave would be awesome. Um, that guy's got mm-hmm. junk in his trunk for days. Um, and That ass don't quit. No, not at all. Um, and then um, who's the guy from Baltimore? Pierce, Michael Pierce. Um, yeah. He's good too. Um I think Logan Ryan could still be in play. And then the question would be what's going to happen with Bobby McCain. Um, but so that could be a, a down the road kind of signing. I don't know if that happens in the first couple of days here. Um, and then uh, there was one other name. I'm scrolling through their top 100 on NFL.com right now. Um, Marcus Golden's been mentioned, but I think I just don't see that happening with Shaq Lawson coming in now. Um, I think they'll probably draft a young guy to pair with him. Um, and then they've also mentioned uh, Karras from um, the Pats as well as a potential center option. Um, right. It's it's not a particularly strong um, interior offensive lineman class, which hopefully next show we can talk a little bit about draft offensive linemen. Um, but there are a lot of unique and good center options in this draft class. They may not be ready straight out the gate. Um, so if you want to bring it, and that's yeah. Okay. So if you want to bring in a center free agent to play right away, and then have a rookie sit for a year, year and a half, that's totally acceptable. So um, I think again, I think nose tackle might be the one other position you see them get a bigger name at this week. Uh, both running backs you mentioned, uh, Big Ten guys. Yep. Jordan Howard loved him at Indiana, and that guy is just such a bull at the line of scrimmage. Um, but doesn't have the top end speed that you see from a guy like Melvin Gordon. So 
that's going to be interesting. Just real quick, five seconds. Um, if you could take a safety in this draft, who would you take? Oh God, that's so hard. That's so hard. Right. Um, I won't hold you to it, but right now, who would you take? If I had to take one based on where I think they would be picked, I want I, I want to say Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, I like those those shorter kind of odd strong safety nickel kind of guys like Buda Baker. I loved Buda Baker coming out of Washington. Um, but if you were looking free safety, I'd probably say Ashton Davis. He's the best single high guy in this class. Um, that can do everything well. Um, so that I'd say Antoine Winfield would be my individual choice if I had to. Agreed. Um, all right, so we're going to go ahead and call, call it for tonight. Um, we got to do another show this week, though, because we got to talk about that DeForest Buckner oh, surprise yeah. that went down today. Because that, uh, that affects the draft in a couple of ways, too. So we'll discuss that later this week to Colts fans who thought they were getting Jordan Love. I'm very sorry. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, does San Francisco take a wide receiver with that pick? I mean, they pretty much have to. I don't know. I think, I think they're going to use that as trade down bait, to be honest. I think they're going to be looking at Miami and teams like that saying, come get 13. We need more picks because they ain't got nothing for picks oh, yeah. right now. It, yeah, they don't have anything right now. So I mean, that, would, that would make sense. And I think they're trying to to get in on that wide receiver market. Yeah. Cause I think that's the sweet spot right in 13. I think that's when you're going to start really start seeing those dudes go, which would be great for us because we need some of the offensive tackles to not die mm-hmm. during those picks. So, all right, we'll get to that later in the week though. Thanks to everyone for joining us. This is free agency round one. We're in quarantine. So what the hell else are we going to do? Um, until then we'll talk to you guys later. Take care.